hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. You know, there are people in our lives and relationships who you know when you have a conversation with them. If you know them fairly well, you kind of understand, eventually, I kind of know where the conversation's going. And if we're honest, we're those people, right? We just kind of default to, to specific conversations. And, you know, you may be around someone, and you're like, okay, I know where we're going. This is going about the kids. Or I get to hear about the cat. Or I get to hear about the grandkids. That's kind of where Sharon and I are right now. It's not going to take us long to get into a grandkid conversation. Are you around somebody and they want to talk about clothing or uh, cooking or, you know, music or art? And, and that's cool, but you, you know, okay, if I stay in this conversation long enough, I, I know this is where it's headed. Some even people even talk about the Cardinals, believe it or not, right? There's still some of those folks around and we'll be praying for that group. Uh, but you know, right, you, you're in a conversation, you just know, yeah, we're, this is headed, it's going to be about the bridge club, or it's going to be about the crochet, and that's just part of being human, and, and, and it's kind of neat. And I was thinking about that in regard to Jesus, and I thought, you know, if you hang around Jesus long enough, I, I, I think Jesus probably didn't talk a lot about sports, maybe he did, maybe he talked about the Jerusalem Jaguars or the Nazareth Nationals, I, I, I don't know, or... Maybe if you were there long enough, he would get into a conversation about Caesar Tiberius or the weather in the region. Maybe he would talk about, have you seen all the cool chariots they're coming out with? I, I don't know. My hunch is, if you were in a conversation with Jesus, it would not take long for him to get to this idea of the kingdom of heaven. I think it wouldn't take long. He is no small talk. He's going to move right into... I think a conversation about the kingdom of heaven. So this weekend, I just want to talk about not of this world. Stuart, can you bring up that uh, next slide? When Sharon and I, years ago, we moved into a neighborhood here in the Northwest Valley, and one of our neighbors had this on the back of his vehicle. And at the time, I had no idea what this was. I initially thought, all right, we moved into a gang area. I'm ready to go. That's what I thought. I, I had no idea, and I'm in the business. I had no idea what this meant. It means not of this world. And, uh, and I saw that and I thought, man, what's going on in this neighborhood? Honey, we got to get out of here. Over time, as I begin to understand, well, this is actually what the logo means, uh, it, it began to make sense. And did you know around this weekend, of, as we move toward the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, one of the last conversations that Jesus had was about the kingdom? That was one of the last conversations. And so when we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, uh, the, the, the phrase kingdom of God appears about 53 times in the Gospels. 36 times the synonymous languages used, kingdom of heaven, primarily from the lips of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. If you hung around long enough, you were going to get into a conversation about the kingdom with Jesus. Let me define it for you so we kind of know what we're speaking about. When we say the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God manifested in the present and the future realm. The word kingdom, basileia, in the Greek 
could sometimes refer to a locale over which a king ruled. But primarily, the meaning in the first century was to reign, rule, authority, or sovereignty. Folks, this is a game-changing conversation. As the people of God, as we engage kingdom life here in 2023 Discovery Point, this is an exciting, life-changing, life-altering conversation. So as we dig into this, I want you to lean in. I want you to have the scriptures ready. We're going to be reading scriptures around the kingdom, specifically in regard to one of the last conversations we see Jesus having. John chapter 18, verse 28 through 32 is where we want to begin tonight. John chapter 18, so please turn there with me. Here we have Jesus, and he is before Pilate. This is happening early, early on Friday morning. He's already had a conversation with Caiaphas, the high priest. Now he is before Pontius Pilate. And here's the conversation beginning in verse 28. The scripture says, then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas. Remember, Caiaphas was the high priest, the Jewish high priest. So they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. Now don't miss that. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they could not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and he said, What's the accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, Well, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pretty broad answer, wouldn't you say? It's pretty broad, right? If you weren't doing evil, certainly we would not have brought him to you. Verse 31. Well, Pilate says to them, take him for yourselves and you judge him by your own law. But the Jews said to him, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to die. Notice verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again. He called Jesus and he said to him, here it is. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered. Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests, they've, they delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, and that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Verse 37, And Pilate says to Jesus, So are you a king? Jesus answers, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Verse 38, Pilate says to him, what is the truth? It's an intense conversation. They're at Pilate's, he's he's the governor of Judea, he's under the Roman authority, Caesar Tiberius, he's at a headquarters. He generally spends most of his time in Caesarea. But because Passover has come to town, he's he's in Jerusalem. Rumor has it there could be some things stirred up. There's a lot of people coming to town. It's kind of like the Super Bowl coming to our, right? Things are stirred up, things intensify. Let's make sure a lot of soldiers were likely moved into Jerusalem. So they're, they're getting ready, and just in case something was to happen. 
Now here we see Pilate and Jesus in a conversation. So we wonder, well, where, where did Pilate come up with this question? If you would, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 19? Luke chapter 19, I'm going to focus on just a couple verses there. This is Jesus coming into the city on Palm Sunday. Luke chapter 19, he records, we get chronology of what's going on. I'll begin reading in uh, verse 28, and Scripture says this, And when he had said these things, he went ahead and going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the moment that is called Mount Olive, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where entering you're going to find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying this? You are to say to them, the Lord needs it. So those who went, they, they went away and they found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, hey, why are you untying the colt? What a question. And they said, well, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on the colt. They said it, Jesus said on it, and as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down from the Mount of Olives, a whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Here's the song, verse 38, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus answered, I tell you, if these stones were... If they were silent, the very stones would cry out. So that's the context of Jesus before Pilate. In that context, he's entered into Jerusalem. Again, we're talking about early Friday morning. The context is set, and Jesus is in this conversation. Pilate's asking him, are you a king? Now, where did Pilate hear that? Is it something he had heard on the triumphant entry in that Luke records, or is it something that just murmuring and, and social media that he found out that there's a guy saying he's king? And in the conversation between Pilate and Jesus, the question emerges, are you a king? Jesus says in verse 38, my kingdom is not of this world. Don't miss that. My kingdom is not of this world. The, the, the Greek literally reads, now my reign is not from here. Pilate's trying to figure out, where's this kingdom located? What do you mean? I've not heard of this kingdom. He's speaking of, lo of locale. Jesus is speaking about divine authority. Pilate is wondering, what's this kingdom about? Pilate understands authority. Rome grants him his authority. His authority comes from an emperor by the name of Caesar Tiberius. Jesus flips that idea where his authority is not from an earthly emperor, but from an eternal God. He's essentially saying, my authority isn't from Rome like yours, it's from the throne of the living God. My kingdom is not of this world. Notice some things about the kingdom of Jesus. They're going to be on the screen. Just a few things. This isn't exhaustive. These are just a few things about the kingdom. Jesus, he announced the kingdom, Matthew 4, 17. His teaching showed how to enter into the kingdom, Matthew 5, 20 and 7, 21. 
His parables illustrate the kingdom to His disciples. He promised to come again and bring the fullness of the kingdom's blessings, Matthew 25, 31 to 34. These are just a few things in regard to this kingdom that Jesus often spoke about. But one of the key conversations that Jesus has in regard to the kingdom we find in Luke chapter 17, 20, and 21. Here is one of the key understandings. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here is a key understanding. I'm just making sure you were still with me. There's plenty of coffee in the foyer. Here is a key understanding that Jesus manifests, sheds light on, flashing light about the kingdom. And that is this, is that the kingdom is amidst humanity here and now. The kingdom is a not yet, and it's a now. It's present and it's future. Now notice what happens in Luke chapter 17, 20 and 21. He's being asked by the Pharisees, when will the kingdom of heaven come? He answers them. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here's the kingdom or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is a present reality among the body of Christ. The kingdom of God is here and now. Growing up, mind you, when I thought kingdom of heaven or I thought kingdom of God, I always thought it is futuristic, and it is. No one really ever told me that the kingdom is also a present reality. It's a here and now. The kingdom is here right now. The kingdom is in this room. The Pharisees are like, well, Where's the kingdom? We, Jesus is like, no, no, no. You, you can't see the kingdom by observation. No, no, no. You don't look around for the kingdom. You look within to experience this kingdom. So when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, you know, there's another spot he says, no, you've got to be in it, but, but don't be of it. John MacArthur said this. He said, the kingdom is now manifest in heaven's spiritual rule over the hearts of believers. The kingdom of heaven is now manifest in heaven's spiritual rule over the hearts of believers. How exciting is that? Like, I don't know what you have going on, but if you know Jesus, you're a kingdom citizen. I don't know what you've been up to. I don't know what you think about yourself. I don't know tomorrow morning when you wake up and you look in that mirror, you're like, oh my goodness, who am I? <laughs> what am I about? You're a kingdom citizen. You have the rights. You can rule. You have all the authority of the kingdom of heaven within you. This is life-changing. This is life-changing. The kingdom of heaven. Well, what's the kingdom of heaven look like? How do we know when the kingdom of heaven is present? When we as believers live as Jesus has commanded us to live, the kingdom of heaven is manifested. It goes forth. So for example, when I pray, I'm manifesting the kingdom of heaven. When I care, compassionately care for others, I'm manifesting the kingdom of heaven. When I share my life, when I share my faith, when I share my gifting, guess what? The kingdom of heaven is now being manifested. When I choose to love, 
instead of hate. The kingdom of heaven is what? It's being manifested. When I choose to forgive, instead of holding on to a grudge, what's happening? The kingdom of heaven now is being manifested. We're getting glimpses of the kingdom. We're seeing the kingdom, oh, not in its fullness, not in all that it will be, but, but when, when you forgive or you're forgiven or you experience God's grace or, or you serve or somebody serves you, guess what? Now you're experiencing this kingdom. What a powerful idea. What, what a powerful manifestation that we see that the kingdom of heaven is manifested in the people of God. That's you and I. You're like, Pastor, I don't feel like a kingdom citizen. I get it. I understand it. But what I feel like, that's a different reality than what my faith is. No matter what I feel, what I experience, what I go through, at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is, I am a citizen of this kingdom. No matter what. i got to tell you, that Friday, my goodness, Jesus in this early trial, he's, at, he's with Caiaphas, he goes to Pontius Pilate, and boy, things just begin to fall apart. Like, are we sure this is supposed to go like this? Disciples are scattering, and Peter's denying, and you're like, oh my goodness, this thing's falling apart. That was a tough day, wasn't it? And then Jesus is crucified. What a tough Friday. Generally, Fridays are okay, right? Generally, we TGIF. Sometimes we even go to the restaurant, it's so good. It was a tough Friday. But the thing about that Friday is that Sunday was coming. The thing about the hard Friday is that Sunday was just around the corner. On that dark Friday, as Jesus hung on a cross, naked, shameful, in front of some friends and family, it appeared that this king and this kingdom, that, that word had gotten out that, that, that this kingdom was appearing, would actually be short-lived. But Sunday, say it with me, but Sunday was coming. You know, you may be in that place now. You, you may be in a dark place, a, a desperate place. You, you may be in a distraught place. It happens. You, you may be in a place where you're like, man, I'm sensing I'm kind of coming to the end of the road. I, I, I don't see another way. And you're, and you're a believer. You're a follower of Jesus. And, 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 and you sense that. You, you, you're filled with worry and, and fear. Maybe you're filled with anxiety. Maybe you're filled with discouragement. Maybe you're filled with uncertainty. Maybe those are the things that, that you're experiencing now in your life and you sense, I'm almost at the end of the road. I encourage you to believe that Sunday is coming. I, I, I just encourage you and I implore you as you think about moving into Holy Week that you begin to understand that Christ is the answer. Whatever that you're experiencing, whatever I'm experiencing, Jesus is the answer. He is the hope. That was a hard Friday, but Sunday came. And the king that maybe Pilate and possibly Caiaphas and 
Caesar Tiberius has said, well, it's just another revolutionary that's come and gone. But on Sunday, the revolution actually just began. And the kingdom of heaven came to fruition, not in its fullness just yet, but it's still alive and active today among the people who claim him as their king. What looked like a bleak, tough day, a giant stone rolled over a massive tomb. But tombs and stones and even death itself are no match for our God. No competition for our God. So whatever you're facing this evening, whatever you're up against, and life is difficult, man. Some of you are hurting, some of you are lonely, some of you aren't sure what to do next. I implore you, turn your life over to the King. Turn your life over to King Jesus. You know, God specializes in the miraculous. It's His thing. He's not worried about a tomb. He's not worried about a large stone. He's not scared, as they would say in Oklahoma. Don't be scared. He specializes in resurrections. He specializes in hope. He specializes in life, not death. I want to close this evening, and I I want to read a verse out of Revelation chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there with me, please. Revelation 19, we're going to read verses 11 through 17. And I want you to think about Jesus coming into Jerusalem, known as the triumphant entry. He comes on a colt, right? People are praising and Hosanna, rightfully so. Think about Holy Week, he goes to that cross, he gives his life. The third day he's raised again. But I, I want you to see Revelation 19, 11. You read 11 through 16. John says, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head there are many diadems. He has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe and is dipped in blood, and and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Make no mistake, Pilate's wondering, are you really a king? He is king. He's King Jesus. So make no mistake, when he returns again, I have nothing against small colts at all. But he's coming on a white horse. He's coming in authority. He's coming in power. And what the the name that he will be called is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Instead of giving up, instead of giving up, look up. 
Your redemption is drawing near. The King of Kings, if He delays His return, we are the outpost of the kingdom. We are the outpost of the kingdom. Wherever you go, the kingdom goes. Wherever you go, the kingdom goes. We are outposts of this amazing kingdom. We take that kingdom with us. And as God's people, I implore you this evening, let's represent the kingdom well. Praise the name of Jesus. I hope you know this king, this living king, who's coming again, as Revelation tells us. Is he your king? Have you embraced this kingdom? Have you launched out and said yes to King Jesus? Maybe you're like Pilate and you're wondering, is he really a king? Does he really have the right and authority to rule? Absolutely. And one day we'll see that kingship in all of its fullness. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for our time together. Pray for those of us who claim you as King of kings and Lord of lords that our lives will reflect your kingship. And Father, I pray that those of us who claim you, that we will live our lives as outposts of the kingdom in our homes, in our businesses, among our friends, that we are that kingdom. We're kingdom outposts, taking this kingdom wherever we go. Lord, may we represent you well. May we represent this kingdom in authenticity, in truth, and honesty. Seeing that kingdom activity manifested, Father, we don't manifest that. It's the work of the Spirit through us. When we love and pray and forgive and encourage, when we serve, there we see those glimpses of the kingdom manifested that one day we will see in complete fullness. And, O oh Lord, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that's never said yes to Jesus, come to the place where they say, Now, Jesus, you are to rule my life. I no longer am Lord over my own life. You're the authority. You have the right to rule. Oh, friend, if you're in the room tonight and you've never said yes to Jesus, would you just surrender it all to Him right now? Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. I admit that I need you. I believe you are who the Scriptures say you are and who you said you would be. I confess you as Lord. Jesus, come into my life. Change me. I no longer sit on the throne. Jesus, you do. You rule. You reign. You're the authority now. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.